Hi, I'm Gary Zacharias with The Apologist Bookshelf. I'd like to share with you a book that I haven't talked about before. It's by James Emery White, and I have done one of his other books. Uh, James Emery White is the author of The Prayer God Longs For and some other books. Uh, Serious Times is the one that I mentioned before. And uh, another one's called Embracing the Mysterious God. Uh, he's, he was president of uh, Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, and now he's a pastor of a church, Mecklenburg, I think it's Virginia. This book is called A Mind for God, and I just love the idea of this. He said that uh, we, we've got problems. The, the, the Christians in the West are failing a task. What task? Well, Paul said that we're supposed to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's in 2 Corinthians 10. But we're not developing good intellectual habits. And so what's happened is we're not capturing bad thoughts. We are being captured by our culture. And so this book, A Mind for God, is uh, written to try to help all of us break free from being captured and uh, using the disciplines of reading and study and reflection. And so I think it's so useful these days because a lot of Christian thought and Christian writing and Christian sermons are, are pretty surface things. They're, they're milk. They're not uh, deep things because people really aren't ready for deep things. They're not uh, able to handle them. So what I'd like to do is uh, for this podcast is just take a look at one of his chapters. It's called The Cultural Mind. And he starts, you know, the thing, one of the things I like about White is that he knows what's being written. And so he often quotes from other authors. So he's got a book here called From Darwin to Hitler. And White says there was a historian that wrote it, Richard Weikert. And he examines the impact that Darwinism had on the ethics and morality of thinkers in Nazi Germany. And he concluded that Darwinism played a big role, not only in the rise of things like eugenics, but euthanasia and infanticide, abortion, and then racial extermination. And the Nazis embraced all of that. So why is, he, why is White starting with that? He's trying to say something very, very simple. Ideas have consequences. Ideas have consequences. And if you end up with a worldview that doesn't have any spiritual moorings, you're in real trouble. Again, he quotes from somebody pretty well known. I hope you've heard of him before, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He talked about what happened to his country, to Russia. Solzhenitsyn spent time in the Russian gulag. He wrote about that. Here's what Solzhenitsyn said. If I were asked today to formulate as concisely as possible the main cause of the ruinous revolution that swallowed up some 60 million of our people, I could not put it more bluntly than to repeat, men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. Isn't that interesting? Men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. And he says uh, there's a survey that was done in 2004, and only 7.5%, now this is 2004, so I know some time has gone by, but only 7.5% of the American population called themselves secularists. You think, well, gosh, there are a lot more Jews than Christians, so it seems like they should... You know, they shouldn't be uh, saying much in our society, shouldn't be running much. But good grief, they've taken over the educational system, uh, mass communication, the legal system. That's where the culture is, and that's where the ideas are coming out. And so the, we've got a lot of secular people who are running things in our society and giving us these ideas that are ruining our society as well. 
He says the heart of this secular religion is moral relativism. It's a functional atheism, he says. And so he says, we have a huge cultural challenge in front of us, the mind for God, people who want to think Christianly, the God of this world. And there are a lot of intellectual forces behind the God of this world. Like I said, the education, the media, on and on. And these forces are arrayed against the kingdom of God. And he said, within this assault are four major ideas, and we need to understand them. So this is the heart of this chapter, and I'd like to spend some time going through these. So four major ideas that are bombarding our society right now. We need to know what they are so that we can wake up. So here's number one, moral relativism. And we've seen that all, all over the place, haven't we? What's true for you uh, is true for you, and what's true for me is true for me. You know, Values are just personal opinions, just private judgment. There's no objective truth. Are we hearing that? Yes. The idea is that everything is opinion. Reality is pretty much just what we as individuals perceive it to be. And then what happens with things of faith, spiritual faith and all? They're being rejected in the public sphere. We're seeing that a lot. So Christianity used to be rejected by Enlightenment people because they thought the beliefs were disproven by science or philosophy. But he's, he says that today Christianity is being disqualified because it argues for truth and a truth that is unchanging and universal. And people say, nah, that's, uh, that's not the way it is. It's individual truth, not an overriding truth. So there's our first challenge as Christians. We're dealing with a world full of moral relativism. Number two, so it first is the relativism. Number two, here's a second idea that's coming through culture and pounding us, autonomous individualism. Kind of a mouthful, you know, to, to be autonomous means you're on your own, independent. It's got the word auto in there. So an autonomous individual is a person that's independent in accountability. We don't answer to anybody but ourselves. Wow, yeah. You hear that a lot? Who are you to tell me what to do? So a lot of individualism. So now we've got two items that he says are just really crushing us. Moral relativism, autonomous individualism. Here's the third thing. You can probably guess this one after looking around a bit. Narcissistic hedonism, he says. That's the third idea that the Christian worldview has got to struggle with. Now what does that mean? Uh, narcissistic is a preoccupation with the self. It's all about me. Uh, personal peace. I want affluence. Uh, personal well-being. You want health. You want psychic security. It used to be salvation. But no, now it's make me comfortable. Make me happy. And so that really uh, is a problem for Christianity because Christianity talks about self-sacrifice. Boy, you talk about being opposed to our culture these days. So let's go back through these three. We'll get to the fourth one then. What are four major ideas that are clashing with Christianity in our world today? Moral relativism, autonomous individualism, narcissistic hedonism, and number four, reductive naturalism. So what are we talking about that? Well, look at the word nature right in there, naturalism. It's the idea that nature is all there is. Um, so that's the fourth idea. Naturalism says life's an accident. There's nothing beyond ourselves. There's no order or reason or explanation. You come into this world, uh, try to try to keep your head above water, and that's about it. And the idea is, for naturalism, what is real is just whatever you can see or taste or smell or hear or touch. 
and then you verify it through experimentation. So it's basically, if science tells it to you, then you can trust it, otherwise, no. Knowledge is reduced to this level of knowing. If you can't figure it out in a scientific manner, it's not only unknowable, it's meaningless, maybe even dangerous. And so where does that lead? It leads beyond science to scientism. What is that? Well, that's deifying the scientific method and turning that into a religion. Trust the scientists. Everything is about science. If you can't prove it, then it doesn't exist. It's not real. So he said, uh, White then said, okay, so those are the four things that we're dealing with. So one more time, just real quickly, moral relativism is the first one, autonomous individualism. Number two, narcissistic hedonism. Number four, reductive naturalism. So he said, White says, we need to be aware of how those worldviews are in us. That They're not outside. We're absorbing those things. He said, uh, is our thinking today informed and directed by Scripture and the Holy Spirit? Or have we succumbed to those Things like moral relativism. Do we strip our lives of any sense of meaning and calling? We're, are we just trying to be autonomously individuals? Do we find ourselves drifting into a narcissistic hedonism? It's all about me. It's all about spending on myself. Do we view the world, he says, through a materialistic lens? Or do we really see a God out there who continues to oversee his creation? Yeah, those are very good questions. And then he challenges us toward the end of the chapter. So he said, how might we begin to live and speak and act and serve in ways that might intersect with what people really need, their, their questions, their longings? Um, I can vouch for that because right now I'm interacting with somebody who's not a Christian, very nice guy, and we're going back and forth. I think we're over 100 emails uh, back and forth. And what I'm trying to do is suggest to him that his life and his worldview is not as rich as the Christian one. The Christian one deals with our deepest questions and it deals with our deepest longings, things like meaning and hope and identity and community, uh, purpose, those kinds of things. Christianity has answers for those and offers those to us. And so I, I really like what White is saying here. We need to begin to live, he says, and speak and act and serve to intersect with those longings and the questions that people have. Because honestly, secularism, these four things, let me go over them one more time. I know I've uh, kind of beat them to death, but they're so important to know. These four things don't work in our society today, like moral relativism. Uh, the idea that what's true for you is just true for you and that's all. No, you can't live like that. People often say things like, hey, that's not fair, that's not right. Where, where are they getting this? I thought it was true for you and only for you, but people will often say that. They'll say, well, that, don't do that, that's wrong. Well, why are you telling me what to do? Moral relativism is you have your standards, I have mine. If I want to steal your stuff, you can't say anything. So you can't live moral relativism. How about number two, autonomous individualism? Really? Do you want to live strictly as an individual? We know our own hearts. We know what we do. We know our failings. We know inside. We have that feeling of guilt. Uh, living that individual lifestyle does not cut it, and being autonomous means we're cut off from everybody else. Uh, Christianity offers community. And how about number three? Narcissistic hedonism. You pursue pleasure, and you don't get pleasure. 
maybe a short-term thing, and then it's gone, and you got to get more. And narcissism, if it's all about you, you're going to be miserable. I know Philip Yancey, a great author, he spent a lot of time in his early uh, years uh, being a journalist, and so he interviewed the rich and the famous, and he said almost universally these people were the most miserable people he'd ever met because it was all about them. They are always checking to make sure they were happy, and they weren't. And so material uh, narcissistic hedonism is not a good way to go. And then number four, reductive naturalism, that this is all there is, you're an accident, you're a fluke, life has no meaning. Well, nobody wants to live like that either. So back to what White's talking about, we've got to be able to meet people that have these questions, that have these longings that are not being met by these four views that we've been talking about. He said the trauma of our world is that the secular worldview, all these things there, like naturalism, they don't deliver on their promise. They don't give us satisfaction. They don't give us fulfillment. We're in a wasteland. He says moral relativism has led to a crisis in values. We want values, but they're not there. They're divorced from any kind of way of finding them. And then that autonomous individualism, there's no vision. There's nothing calling us upward to be more than ourselves. It's all about me just sit there and, and deal with yourself but there's no lofty goal uh, how about narcissistic hedonism he says that you end up with empty souls uh, it's pretty hollow and then naturalism really that's inadequate for human experience we know there's got to be more to reality than what our five, five senses can verify we long to connect with something that's beyond us something bigger something beautiful something wonderful like god he says, so do Christians have anything to offer the world that it doesn't already have? Well, we, yeah, I think we do. He says, are we able to present Christ so clearly that non-Christians understand he alone is able to intersect all these needs? And so his challenge is, we need to be able to do that, but the only way we can do it, we've got to develop our minds. And he says, the rest of this book is dedicated to examining just what that might look like. So how do we connect with people? How do we offer an alternative? How do we stand firm against this worldview that's out there? And so he talks about uh, the mind and thinking and things like that that are so valuable. And we'll get to those in a future podcast. But again, I highly recommend this book. I like anything by James Emery White. You might check out, uh, if you go to his website, you might check, or just Google his name because I can't remember his website, but Google James Emery, that's E-M-E-R-Y, James Emery White. And he has something uh, that he puts out as an email, and he shoots it out free of charge. Um, and I get it, uh, and I've gotten so much out of it. It's really useful, very practical, good guy to, to read. And he's got a, a video that you can watch him interacting with people and also James Emery White, A Mind for God. Okay, well, thank you, and I uh, hope you have a really good day.